This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Tuesday will be Valentine's Day. And for the men and the women listening who are partnered up and in love, it is going to be yet another great and amazing day for you. But for the more than 56 million American adults who have always been single, eh, Valentine's Day, not so much. Nearly 70% of African-American women are single. So if you or someone you know is tired of winning at life but losing in love, today you're going to learn that you are not alone. In her debut book, The Love Project, 365 Ways to Love Yourself and Get the Love You Deserve, author Shani Godwin offers readers a refreshing approach to finding true, intimate, and enduring love. And the author, Shani Godwin, is in our studio. Hello and welcome. Hello, Condes. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super honored and excited to spend some time with you. We are super honored and excited to have you share what you've learned in putting together the Love Project with our audience. What was the motivation for you behind writing your book? <laughs> the motivation for me writing this particular book, honestly, was just a bunch of relationship drama and pain. Um, this is a book that really dropped in my spirit and soul very unexpectedly. And because I'd been working on a memoir for about 10 years when I came up with the idea that particular night and amidst a, a Two, two failed relationships back to back. I just thought, you know, what if for one year I stopped trying to get love and be validated by men um, who I want to love me, who aren't loving me the way I want to be loved back? What if I just stopped? Clearly the universe is trying to get my attention. What if I just stopped and for a whole year took one day, took it one day at a time and snatched back all that love I was trying to give and gave it back to myself and what if for one day, for 365 days, I loved myself intentionally the way that I want to be loved? Who would I be in a year? How would I show up in the world? How would I feel? And who would I attract as a result? And so the book honestly was born out of a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of heartbreak, uh, years and years of built up heartbreak and pain and hurt uh, from relationships. If I really think back over the course of my life, I don't know that I've been doing this right at all, ever. And I did because I'd been working on this other book for 10 years. It's still not done. I just said, well, I, I would call this the love project. It would be a project. I'm going to do this for myself. It was September. I want this book in my hands in January. And so craziest thing I've ever done, I sat down the next day and wrote the whole book in a day. Where did all that come from? I mean, you said you had two failed relationships, back-to-back -back failed relationships, mm -hmm. that had to be incredibly difficult for you. Yeah, and it, I, I laugh because I'd say I'm kind of Mary J. Blige-ish when it comes to writing. Writing is something that is very therapeutic for me. I have written um, through all of my difficult struggles and, and painful times in life, death, divorce, illness, writing and journaling has been something that has really saved me, honestly. And therapeutic so, for you? Very therapeutic. Um, and it has allowed me to re realize and be able to get to the truth of, of the matter 
and really unearth and expose what's in my heart. So when I when I get revved up and ready to, to go, I, I just sit down and start writing and let it flow. So, so in theory, to kind of unpack it, it, it wasn't a, I'm going to write cover to cover this long story. The real task was I need to come up with 365 ways today that I can love myself and love on myself the way that I love others. And so the, the, that was the hard part of the writing because I laugh and I tell people by the time I got to 50, I was actually feeling pretty good and realized, oh, shoot, I got 315 <laughs> more to go. go. I was reaching out to friends and asking people how they love themselves and, and nobody replied. So I was like, okay, really? no, no, you had no crickets. In general, uh, they probably just saw it and we're going to get back to it. But therein lies kind of the deeper level thought that I have. Again, as women, we t- we're so, so busy. We're always busy taking care of other people, our employees, our bosses, our kids, our husbands, our boyfriends. We don't stop. And so I have to assume also it was a rather simple question and ask of me, but one that required some depth and some thought and in a busy moment you kind of push it aside and go I'll, I'll get back to that and so the answers never come came and by the time I did get an answer I was done with the book so I was like thank thank you kind so that'll be in the follow-up moved, moved on but thank you so but yeah um, I, I think it's a combination of different things um, and, and even in that purposeful because wow like I said I when I got to number 50 my spirit had lifted. I, I felt much better. I felt oncoming joy, and I still had 315 more to go. So I, I realized for myself, I don't even think it takes a lot of loving yourself properly, just the thought of it, of what you could give to yourself if you weren't busy pouring into others, lifted my spirit just as I was writing it. So so are you saying that this project was birthed out of a, a dark place in your life, in your history? I need to figure this out. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit of both. On the surface, it was, in, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm doing this because of the immediacy of the pain and the things that I'm going through. But as I have got, as I wrote the book, as I, we started editing it, even as it's been released, I, I realized for me, I think it was uh, a message that was in me all along. I think it was a message that God wanted me to pour out that I wasn't even aware. I think I've been busying myself with writing Another story that is definitely the impetus and the foundation for birthing this story and, and, and being distracted by the intricacies of how to share all of those painful things miss the, the reality and the fact that God is love, point blank and simple. And if we can love ourselves first the way that he loves us, if we can see ourselves for all of the, the beautifully imperfect people that we are, and know that even in all of that brokenness, that point, that pain and all of those flaws, we are really still good enough for him. And, and if we believe that we are good enough for him, then we have to show up in our lives a different way. It forced me to recognize that this story for me was, is, is and has become more reflective of a lifetime of losing love of um, having to let go of people I love, of recognizing places and situations in my life where I have been accepting a lot less than I deserve, not because the people did something purposefully to me, but because I allowed uh, bad behavior, bad circumstances, 
um, negative negative things and and hurtful things to hurt me, and I've I've allowed myself to con- be the recipient of of pain, whether intentionally or unintentionally shifted or given to me. I've sat there and received it all, and so the Love Project for me is a rally and a personal cry for myself to stand up, to stop stooping beneath what. I'm, I am supposed to have um, as a person of faith, you know, who believes God truly wants the best for me today. You know, heaven is great. I'm going to be happy when I get there. But I really believe he wants us to live a happy, productive, full life today. When we get to the upper room, we get to the upper room. But as a, if I say I really believe that, then it requires me to to stop being a victim, to stop being um allowing my brokenness and my pain to become my story. And so the Love Project is a, a, an opportunity for me personally to uh, accept my own challenge, to, to love myself properly, to stand up, um, stand up out of my pain and to um, allow people, whether romantically, uh, familially, uh, coworkers, people, people find me versus me going out continuing to to seek validation through others. Do you think, Shawnee, that many women and perhaps even men who are unsuccessful in, in finding that relationship make, we don't follow God's commandment, love thy neighbor as we love thyself? Right, I, I do. I think um, it's, a, it's a, a verse I laughed uh, when we launched the book at the big uh, release event, and I remember sharing with the women you know, I was raised in a an AME church, and we had to do the Ten Commandments every Sunday. And I latched on and knew all of my commandments. And that second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And it took me most of my life to realize the essence of that commandment. the The focus is actually we put the focus on loving our neighbor. You know, we we talk about being a good Christian and I took care of, you know, I died to myself. I took care of my neighbor, my neighbor, my neighbor. But it says love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the presumption is that you're already loving yourself the right way. And I I think we've lost sight of that sometimes. Um, As women, we are caregivers by nature. We are nurturers. And we believe that if we, we give it out, it will come back in return. But I'm learning, and I really believe that you cannot pour from an empty vessel. And so if you're pouring everything out, at the end of the day, there's nothing left in you. And I know my, for myself, I've struggled with that empty, hollow feeling. For me, you know, my identity has been caught up and assigned to being chosen and selected by a, a partner or a man. So if I'm in a relationship, I feel good and I feel happy and pretty and loved. And it's hard for me as a result to leave a relationship. It doesn't matter how hard or painful or destructive it is to my soul. It is hard for me to leave because to leave would mean I'm alone. And the real question for me became, why can't you be alone? In why why are you still not happy whole and healthy alone without someone and why does the assignment of of a label mean more to you than being able to stand up for for yourself and walk when you need to walk and step away when you need to stay and and set and create the proper boundaries in 
all relationships, romantic or not, um, so that you are honored um, and you reflect and show up in the world in a way that creates opportunities for people to respect you properly, love you properly, and and get the very thing that you, you want in return. Share with our listeners one or two examples that you offer in the book of how someone might practice that self-care, right. that actual what can I do for me that demonstrates I am indeed loving myself so that at the appropriate moment, I can indeed love my neighbor the way I should. Right. So for me, um, I am a person, I have been the beneficiary um, in a lot of ways, uh, purposefully today and uh, involuntarily, for lack of a better word, of therapy. I'm a big proponent of therapy. Um, As African-American, I I don't think our community um, embraces it's a perception that it shows weakness. Yeah, that it shows weakness, exactly. And, and I say purposefully, involuntarily, because my, my need to go to therapy essentially in the beginning was a necessity. I, I needed it to survive. I needed it to come out of a very dark place in a very dark time. And over the last 12 years, I've continued uh, to go to therapy. And so the book is full of things I have done over the years and throughout these 12 years to love on myself properly. It's uh, a, a, a variety of everything. So something as simple, one of my favorite days, I, I don't know the exact day in the book, but one of my favorite self-love principles in the book is if someone gives you a compliment today, just say thank you. Just receive it. Don't rebuttal it. Don't well, um, thank you. You like my hair, but thank you. But, you know, I need to get it done. Don't do not do that. Just accept it. Because when we, when we counter back with something negative about ourselves, we immediately dismiss the compliment. It's actually insulting the person who sees beauty in you. And you're so busy negating it that you can't even hear clearly the truth. And so simple things like starting there matter. Take, take a a bath day two I, I love this story because again I'm doing the book myself and I'll confess I day two I got stuck on day two straight out the gate here I am stuck on day two which is just take a bubble bath and I found myself procrastinating oh I have all this stuff I need to you know move around I got stuff that I've thrown in my tub because I've been running in and out of the house it's finally the tub and the bathroom gets all cleaned up and then I'm like it's Thursday and I'm like well, I should take the bubble bath tonight. Oh, I'm tired. So by Sunday, a whole week later, I've been just trying to take some a simple bubble bath. By Sunday, I decide, hey, I'm actually starting to feel a little bluesy and sad and getting in my head, reflecting on all the pain and things, you know, singing my sad song. And I go, you need to take this bath now. For some reason, subconsciously, I was avoiding it. And it took taking the bath for me to realize power of a simple bubble bath. I'm not a big bath person, so me even writing take a bubble bath just was like a pampering kind of thing. But I got in that tub, I put the bubble bath in, I just finished watching the new edition movie. So I put on my new edition Pandora station. And I did I felt my mood literally go down a little bit sadder. And then a funny thing started happening. I started singing along with Johnny and Ralph and Ricky and all of them and then the next song came on and 
by the end of it, I was in college somewhere, happy, singing at the top of my lungs, and I got out of that bathtub a different person with a different mood, a different attitude, different energy than I was. And I was like, wow, you get all that from a bath? I should have been taking baths. Like, I'm ready to go take a bath now. So um, it's just all kinds of things, health and wellness, simple things. You know, just drink water today. It's really hard. Well, for me, it's really hard. I'm a fan of the Coke and Coke Zero. So simple things, just very simple things. And for me, the reality is it just doesn't take much. We, we neglect ourselves so much. Um, and, and that's kind of what is opening my eyes as the author, but also as the recipient of the message. We're talking to Shawnee Godwin. She is here sharing about, and she's sharing the love, about her debut book. It's called The Love Project, 365 Ways to Love Yourself and Get the Love That You Deserve. She says, loving yourself is a continual journey, and it doesn't stop with you, because when we know better, we become better, and then we are better able to do our part to heal the world. Shawnee, not only are you an author who was writing one book, wrote this book in a day, you are a successful entrepreneur, you own your own business. There are many women who are in our audience today who are are, are just like you, just like me, successful women out mm-hmm. there in the world making a way, but are single in the world and dealing with that. Mm-hmm. What do you want readers to have as their greatest takeaway from the Love Project? Wow, that's a great question. Beyond just doing the book. But beyond just doing the project, I, I want women to know how flawlessly flawed we are. I love Beyonce. I channel her. She's my, my inner diva when I need to go there. And didn't she blow and, up this week? <laughs> Literally and figuratively. It's great. Um, but I, I think, again, what I want women to know is it, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you've been through, who you have on your arm, what labels you have been assigned. At the end of the day, we are all called to greatness. And so it's really a rally and a call and a cry for us all as women to stand up in our power, to be our beautiful, brilliant selves, to stop diminishing and stooping and lowering our standards and our value in hopes that we'll be chosen and in doing so require that people show up in your life properly and if they can't then be comfortable enough to walk away from that that you know you don't deserve. Talk a little bit about this past over tendency we all have. I'll speak for myself I like to tell people I I do not actually profess to be any expert except an expert in what not to do. There comes a point in your life when you're good and grown and mature and you can own it that you have to own your own story, your own circumstances, the own decisions that you've made that also have led to why you are. And I myself have passed over a lot of really good people um, because things I thought I deserved were very superficial very unimportant in hindsight. Uh, they didn't look the right way or they weren't, they didn't pass the high heel shoe test. And, you know, and I, I, I have to own that. So my being single, accomplished, and where I am in my life is as much a function of what I've allowed, but of much of, as a function of who I've passed over and what choices I've made and decisions I've made in love. And 
I think when you do the work of kind of self-assessment, when you really kind of go deeply within yourself to, to realize not only how you've gotten to where you are, you have to also own who you are and who you've become. And the beauty of, of God and life is if we're, every day we wake up, we get a new chance to do it over. So, um, you know, I, I know that I've passed over a lot of people. And, and similarly, as a woman who I know is good, who has a fierce, fierce heart for loving others, I know I have been passed over a lot. And I think being able to accept when people pass you over and know, hey, you know what? If you can't see my glory, my brilliance, my beauty, then you're not for me. And that's your loss. That, that's been the challenge for me. I, I want to go chase them down and say, hey, 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 but I'm beautiful. And you're learning I'm now brilliant. not to do that. Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's a call to stop. And I'm not going to lie, it's hard, hard. You know, I, I've been laughing because I have a, a male suitor, I think, who just keeps sending me little hey messages. He doesn't say anything else. As every hey makes me turn my head and go, hey, what do, what do you want? Hey. And then he vanishes. And I finally had to realize, I don't know if it's a test or an opportunity. The opportunity for me is just to say, hey, back and keep moving instead of trying to force a answer or reason or try to figure out what he's doing it's a distraction if nothing else and um, again if he doesn't step it up then he will get passed over and likewise if he does it's I owe myself the opportunity to see if he's worthy of of being received so so what's been the reaction and how have you responded to books been out a few a couple of weeks now yes O-M-G-Z. I just was not prepared for this. Again, the the harder story was the memoir that that was and is to come. Um, So, again, this was just this little uh, book that I wrote in a day. My cousin legitimately said I had a problem and called me crazy for writing it in a day. And I I was proud of myself. And she's like, you wrote this in a day? Who does that? But again, it was this urgent need to get it out. So the goal for me, again, was to have it in my hands. We did do the the jazz brunch, women's jazz brunch, to launch it. And I, I really have, for the last two weeks, been trying to go sit down and get back to writing. And um, I now have a, a, a good little community of women who are not only doing the project with me and helping hold me accountable, we're helping hold each other accountable, but each day I try to be still try to stay in my lane, get back to kind of doing the project. I'm I'm getting phone calls, uh, opportunities uh, like this one to tell the story. And and I am uh, rather uh, overjoyed and amazed and in awe that God would use my pain and my struggle to put me in a position to pour into others as I'm I'm learning and pouring um, back into myself. So it's uh, really exceeded my expectations. So I've been laughing, saying I feel a little bit like a, the Pied Piper, but I don't know where we're going. So, uh, But I'm excited to see uh, kind of how the journey unfolds for all of us. So. Well, I'm excited to grow the community, and, and, and we all go on this journey together. Let's let our listeners know how they can acquire The Love Project. How can they get the book? How can they find out more about you? I know that you have a blog at Audible Voices. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. So the book is Easy Breezy, able to be found on Amazon.com. I personally would absolutely love it if you would subscribe to the blog. Um, On the blog site, um, as you just said, is Audible Voices. 
audiblevoices.com. You can also get the book on audiblevoices.com. And if you do uh, purchase on audiblevoices.com, you'll get a signed copy. I will send you a signed copy. And um, for anyone interested in, in purchasing the book, but also staying connected to me and the community of women that is growing day by day doing the Love Project, please do subscribe to the blog. That uh, website is going to be the best way to stay connected. We're already planning some fun meetup events um, and ways to stay connected and accountable and continue the conversation. So I was never on my radar, but totally I'm up for the challenge. So I'm looking forward to seeing what all God does uh, with this book and, and through this story. So. All right. The author is Shawnee Godwin. The book, The Love Project, 365 Ways to Love Yourself and Get the Love You Deserve. Shawnee Godwin, thanks for coming by. Thank you, Condes. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, my handle is Condo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save